2: Today's show brought to you by Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street, in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, micro brews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed, second to none. And not only that, six great flavors of slushies all at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street, in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motor Studios. Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com Our play-by-play call of the day Does a touchdown count when it's against the Jets? Jerry Judy says it does Play fake for Riffin. Protection's pretty good. Riffin loads it up, throws a deep ball to the right side. That ball fought for and caught. Jerry Judy backs into the end zone. Touchdown, Denver. 48 yards. Rippin to Judy. Judy's first touchdown in his NFL career. And the Broncos, with 13.09 left in the second quarter, are in front 9-7. All right, Dave Logan on the Broncos Radio Network. Yes, that's the same Dave Logan, who was the wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns way back when. He's turned into a really good play-by-play guy. From a really good play-by-play guy to someone I consider to be a great play-by-play guy. He's one of the best in the business. Mark Zumoff, Philadelphia 76ers, with us from NBC Sports Philly. Mark, how have you been?
0: No, Steve, I consider you a great play-by-play guy. (laughs) i really do and i say that begrudgingly because i'm a temple guy but i gotta i gotta give it up to you
2: well that's okay well we'll make this the mutual admiration society because i think <laughs> you're great so okay i think you're great okay um so let's start with uh, doc rivers um i know you have a lot of respect for brett brown but the decision was made to move on what did you think about the move with doc rivers
0: Sixers actually got lucky because the Clippers decided to part ways with a guy who has a terrific resume, and I think that's one of the keys because now when he walks into the locker room, you would think that he instantly commands respect from our young nucleus, uh, particularly Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. So right there is a big key in being able to sign a guy like that. And this is not going to come cheap because remember Brett Brown had two years left on his deal and I'm sure and I don't know the facts and figures but I'm sure that Doc Rivers was collecting a nice salary from the Clippers because the expectations were high and he's got a great pedigree so now you have someone who will be able to start fresh he'll be there on draft night he'll be there from the beginning and the one thing you have to know about doc rivers is he is a culture setter so i think brett brown did a terrific job really taking something from nothing in terms of establishing a culture but now you have someone who comes in with a lot of gravitas and it's going to be interesting to see uh, as he does set that culture what what tone he takes particularly with his younger players
2: sometimes there's somebody that does what brett brown did where they take it from from nothing to something but then there's somebody else who has the ability to take it the next step now we know doc was the coach in 2008 with with the celtics when they won it is that really the feeling you have that here's a guy that can take that and can make that extra step
0: and he is a good coach and he has coached good players so You refer to 2008, the team with three Hall of Famers and uh, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce. Just got finished coaching Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and the argument might be made that they should have gotten to the conference finals. They blew a 3-1 series lead to Denver. It's not like he didn't try to adjust in that game or in those games coming down the stretch. He did. Uh, There was just the ability of the Nugget players, I think, to execute. Um, But I think Doc Rivers is a guy who will make adjustments, can make adjustments. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see who comes in on his staff because he has to take a team now that has been assembled quite differently from a lot of the other teams in the NBA where Elton Brand elected to go big. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how they meld the talents or how he melds the talents of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And then, of course, there's Al Horford, and what do you do with him? Do you continue to bring him off the bench? I would say probably. Simmons, of course, was moved to the four by Brett Brown when they got back into the bubble, and that would have been the case into the playoffs. It would be interesting to see how he handles him. So there's a lot to be undertaken by Doc Rivers, but I certainly think he has the experience and the proven track record to do it. Otherwise, the Sixers wouldn't have hired him.
2: All right, so we see what other people have been able to do to get to this point, especially what Miami did to get themselves to the final. When you look at this team, what is missing, or do they actually have all the parts? It's just a question of they finally putting together because they are so young.
0: I think what's missing is they just haven't reached their full potential. Uh, Joel Embiid, we know there there have been constant questions about his conditioning. We know that he's a world-class talent and a multiple all-star and a potential MVP and defensive player of the year. So how do you get the best out of him? Ben Simmons, of course, uh, people talk about his lack of a jump shot, but is Glenn Rivers the kind of coach who will will simply ignore that and wait for the jump shot to come? And Maybe more importantly, put Ben in positions where he can um, take his talents and and make the best use of them. And then maybe the biggest thing is Tobias Harris, who was signed to a huge deal, who I think uh, because much of the offense is designed around Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons was kind of left oftentimes with crumbs. How can you make the best of him? And maybe the best part of this is the fact that uh, some of his best games in his career, best years of his career, uh, we're talking about Tobias Harris now, came with the Clippers under Doc Rivers. So maybe he is the answer to the Tobias Harris riddle.
2: I ask you about Ben Simmons for a moment. Yeah, you mentioned the jump shot. He does so many other things along the way. Why hasn't that jump shot come along? Is it just just I mean, why?
0: My only guess and this is just from piecing together context clues, Steve, is that here is someone who was able to dominate as a youth player and into prep school and college as a ball handler, someone who, despite his size, had the uncanny ability through his ball handling to get to the rim and finish there or post guys up or what have you. And it never really became an issue until – Brett Brown made him a point guard, and yes, he became a two-time all-star as a point guard, but uh, probably didn't have confidence in his jump shot, let alone a three-pointer. And so because of that, Ben just shot away from it and continued to go through things that have worked for him since he first started handling a basketball. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how Doc Rivers approaches that. Does he lock him into a gym? Uh, We saw the videos last summer and the summer before of Ben and how good he was in the gym. And then we saw, once again, the fact that he lacked taking the jump shot even just a couple of times a game just to keep the defense honest. So uh, that's a riddle that we haven't solved. It's somewhere inside of Ben's head. And at some point, we hope that he is able to gain at least enough confidence, much like a a Giannis Antetokounmpo. Not a great outside shooter, not a great three-point shooter, but good enough that he can open up a world-class game for himself.
2: Okay, so what has this been like since July 31, watching all of this play out? I, I realize every single person that went into the bubble, and not everybody went in. I mean, very few broadcasters went in. Uh, But they had to make a lot of sacrifices. In in talking to the people that were with the Sixers group and so forth, how tough was that sacrifice to make, knowing that you were locked in there for a a period of time you didn't know how long you were going to be there?
0: So in our case, the local broadcasters did not go to the bubble because the NBA teams were restricted to 35 placeholders, if you will. So that included not only players and coaches, but supporting medical staff, equipment people, and whatnot. And you can only imagine, we typically will travel 40, 45-plus to a road game. And of course, at a home game, we have a lot more. So uh, I think it was probably pretty easy to leave us off as local broadcasters. So what we did, Steve, was we took over the hockey press boxes at Wells Fargo Center, and instead, of course, facing towards the ice and broadcasting a game. There was no game. It was just a room for us. We put our backs to the opening and utilized that space with uh, lights that were already there. It was already pre-strung, so to speak, for audio. There were a couple of big TV monitors. We had a TV camera. And in the next booth, socially distanced from me, separated by plexiglass, was Allah Abdonabi, my color analyst. So we were able to look at each other. We did games off a monitor. I can only guess somewhere in your career you've had the, uh, the time to do that as well. It's yes. not optimum, but with a good crowd mix and you know making your calls uh, in such a way that uh, you're sure to get them right because you're uh, limited in how much of the court you can see, uh, you do the games. And that's what we did, and uh, my boss seemed to like them, and the viewers hardly seemed to notice. So I guess we pulled it off.
2: No, no you did um, and that, that's what we're waiting to find out they still not told uh, Jack Hammer or myself yet exactly what the situation is we think we're traveling not with the team but on our own and then basketball the same thing we're still waiting on that too so we're, we're playing the waiting game um, when it came though to talking to any Sixers personnel that had to be down there what did they tell you it was like
0: Well, I remember talking with one of our support staff who actually seemed to enjoy the experience. Of course, he wasn't going to stay for the whole time, so it became about a three or a week or month long uh, novelty for him. But uh, what the players had to do was they had an app and they had a wristband, and every day they got up and they had to answer questions on the app related to potential symptoms whether it was uh, temperature or just not feeling well or lost of, loss of taste, all that stuff. And then they had to go get a COVID test, and they had to get a temperature check, and all that stuff had to be recorded on the app, and it would show up in their wristband. And if they went, let's say, to a team meal, and they went to a giant conference room serving the team meal or, or there was a team meeting or whatever – you would take your wristband and you would wave it over some sort of an instrument, uh, much the way you would when you're at a a checkout counter at a grocery store. And if that lit green, you were okay. If it lit red, that meant that you probably forgot to get tested. So there was a lot of that where you had to be constantly monitoring yourself. Other than that, I can only imagine that it it became, uh, there was probably a certain sense of loneliness, a certain sense of, of boredom. And I think that the teams that have gotten this far, aside from their talent, have to have had uh, a certain amount of mental toughness. Because remember now, the teams that are battling in the finals, they went in there, what, early to mid-July. It's mm-hmm. now, what, uh, July, August, September, October. It's three months in, in, in a pretty confined space, as much as the NBA has done a really good job of the pop-up barbershop and activity mm-hmm. places and you know, you got past the first round and you were allowed to at least have uh, your wife or significant other visit, but it still can't be easy. And uh, I'm sure the players, when, once they're done there, those who are participating in the finals, um, you know, are going to be happy they're not there anymore.
2: Mark, how, how important is it going to be for the NBA to time out the next season based on the end of this one? And what kind of role does the Players Association need to play in that decision?
0: So one of the things that makes Adam Silver a great commissioner is that he has involved the Players' Union in every step of the way. I mean, that's abundantly clear by the Black Lives Matter on the court and the sayings the players have uh, on the backs of their jersey and whatnot, let alone the testing regimen and everything else. So he's consulting with them right now. And according to his address, which he made to the media before Game 1 of the finals, Right now, they seem to be targeting a January start date. Uh, They're playing with a number of different variables, not the least of which is quick results testing. How will that factor in terms of getting fans into the game? Uh, A vaccine I would not think would be available on a widespread use by that time. So I think you're pretty much looking at testing at best as it relates to fans. You want to give players a rest, of course. You want to be able to have the draft play out, which is November 18th. You want to have free agency play out and just, you know, a general rest for the players between seasons. From what I understand, Steve, even though they're starting in January, they're going to try to stuff 82 games in. So the question is, how do you do that given the fact that in concert with the Players Union in recent years, you spread out the games a little bit more? There have been fewer back to backs and whatnot. And, you are taking aim at this summer which presumably in tokyo in july will be the summer olympics and you would think that the u.s would want to field a team so how do you reconcile that vis-a-vis the fact that your season which normally ends no later than the third week in june now starting in january has got to go into you know you would think at the very latest or the very least early august so I don't know what form or fashion any of that's going to take, but that those are the facts as I have them to the moment.
2: All right, Mark. Well, I assume you've become a pretty adept at Zoom, and uh, like we all have, uh, which means that that open invitation that you and I have talked about to talk with my class, I think they would find invaluable. So, you know, <laughs> so I think we could just say the word, my thing. man, and you got it. Yeah, you absolutely, because you know what? There are a lot of you know. When I open up a class, I usually, the first class, I will ask them, you know, favorite team, announcers, and so forth. Your name comes up often. So I think this class is going to appreciate uh, getting a chance to hear from you.
0: I'm flattered and would be more than happy to do it. Thanks so much for thinking of me.
2: Oh, thank you, Mark. Thanks for thinking of us. You're the best, outstanding, as always, and appreciate you. Enjoy uh, whatever kind of offseason you can have right now.
0: You got it, my friend. And best of luck to you, no matter what happens or how it turns out.
2: Appreciate it, Mark. The great Mark Zumoff, he is one of the absolute best in the business. Without question, one of the absolute best. The king, by the way, is coming up.
1: That is correct. I'm ready.
2: Just received a text about best in the business. (laughs) Um,
1: How did I know this was going to come up?
2: Sue had some pretty choice words. I didn't know you could text that. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WK. Okay. Right. uh great to have Dick Girardi on the show today, Mark Zumoff on the show today. Hope you've enjoyed it so far as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you and talking with them. King in the final half hour. Get everybody up to date here on what's going on with the uh, baseball playoffs. As the uh, Cubs and Marlins are playing at Wrigley Field this afternoon, the Marlins won the opening game of this series 5 to 1. So this is a must win today for the Chicago Cubs. And uh, later on tonight, you'll uh, we'll also have San Diego and St. Louis. Uh the uh, Marlins lead the game 1 to nothing. That game is in the top half of the 7th inning. So 1 nothing the Marlins lead the Cubs. The Cardinals will play against the Padres tonight. It's interesting. All right, so I look over at the at the Cardinals lineup. I see Mike Schilt in the dugout, former third-base coach here. Awesome guy. Um, Ollie Marmel, bench coach. Awesome guy. Harrison Bader, Tommy Edmond, You know, I'm going through all these guys. I mean, Daniel Ponce de Leon, you know, Austin Gomber, all these guys. Okay. So you know all these guys. And you're not just around them. You know them. But then a really good friend of mine is one of the part owners of the Padres. I mean, what am I doing here? <laughs> it's like, come on. So we'll see how that plays out this evening. Uh, and then uh, BYU-Louisiana uh, Tech tonight. Plenty of high school football tonight. Marlins just tacked on another run. It's 2 nothing top of the seventh. They lost 105 games last year. Now they're on the verge of advancing in the playoffs. What?
1: And uh, sh- if the Cardinals were to win, or I'm sorry, if the Padres were to win tomorrow, or today in game three, today or tomorrow, the Divisional Series will literally be Divisional Series.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Atlanta, Miami, and San Diego, Los Angeles, right?
1: Yep, and then Yankees, Rays, and um, yeah, yeah.
2: Very good. Very, very good. Well, I think Oakland and, and Houston would be the other one, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. I blanked out there. Yes.
2: Speaking of which, we've got uh, chick a football tonight. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are quick, my friend. <laughs>
2: I can't stand that guy. <laughs> All right, the suit and the Chiefs tonight. They'll have another great broadcast. Uh, me Shimoka tonight. Seals grows on Eagle 107. Tomorrow night on 100.9, the Valley of Lewisburg.
0: Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones.
2: our great friends at... Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, imports, domestics, microbrews best selection of beer anywhere, wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks, they roast their peanuts fresh and not every day in the pickle bar, led by the barrels of the dills, indeed second to none, and six great flavors of slushies as well. At Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre owned inventory. Fabulous sales staff that works with you. Great service department. Takes care of that vehicle for you every step of the way. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. The Beverage Supermarket and also Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, here, it's 11 to 15 and Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Marlins lead the Cubs 2-0. Bottom of the 7th. Lakers and Heat tonight, Game 2, NBA Finals. We are waiting for the King?
1: We are. Oh, here he is. I think he's calling it right now. <clears throat> oh, there we go. So there we
2: go. Sent some games over, and we're all set to go. So. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to get to him here in a second. Do that. And a series of games he wants us to pick and we will go from there. right. That was not the king, was it? So we're still waiting, huh?
1: It was, but then I was just talking to him to get him set and then all of a sudden I heard a dial tone so I think I lost him but hopefully he'll call back in a second.
2: (laughs) Nice job. Jeez, what are you doing? He's calling back now. I think we're going to be fine here. All right. Uh, so, uh, by the way, Eagles play the 49ers. Uh, that will be on Eagle 107. That will be on Sunday night. 820 will be the kickoff for that. No Steelers this weekend. Their game with the Tennessee Titans rescheduled for October 25th. They will take the Ravens game that they were scheduled to play and move that back to November 1st. So there you are. Adjustments in this era have to be made, and they're making them. Ladies and gentlemen, the king.
3: Hi. How's it going?
2: Doing fine.
3: Steve Lamont says hi.
2: Oh, Steve Lamont. Good guy. Oh, he
3: was here for quite a while today, so
2: good old uh, number eighty one.
3: I do a lot of work with him. He's got a good company. A,
2: well, he's a great guy. Smart guy. He was always the guy in high school football that lined up next to me. That poor guy had to carry me every. <laughs> that <laughs> poor guy had to carry me over and over again. <laughs> he was a good athlete. So. Yeah, he's really good at good basketball player, good football player, good guy. So yeah. please tell him. Please tell him I said hi.
3: I will. always I do. He said say hi. So I said cool. hi. I did what I was told to do.
2: So what's cool. up? Not much. Just uh, three weeks to go before the start of the season. <laughs> just oh, <geez. laughs> play, playing, playing, playing and, the it's waiting like game.
3: You can't even go day to day anymore. Uh, you know, it's know. like everything changes daily. So we're ramping up here with the virus. So it's not Connecticut's not doing so good now.
2: So we well, so just taking a step to fight at a time our way
3: through it. That's all.
2: Keep masking up. As I said the other day, I said, Look, I said for those who think it's only the flu, it's not. Far more contagious. You know, it's far more contagious. It can create more problems, especially when it interacts with something else that you already have. I said, So it's not that. I said, but at the same time,
3: And I was wrong about a lot. I've been on both sides of it right along. (laughs) It depends on what day, you know, and what mood I'm in. But Uh, but I also uh, said it's on
2: the other side, too. If you get a positive test, you know, you don't send the whole society into into the field position either. It's somewhere in the middle. It's somewhere in the middle. And your opinion in that middle may tilt one way or the other, which is perfectly fine. But it's not the extremes. It's not just the flu. And it's not a cause to shut down life either. No, you can't shut down life. We
3: just have to be careful and and work through it. it, It's just the strangest thing. There's a nursing home here in Connecticut, and I mean Connecticut got criticized heavy for their nursing homes. It's a huge death rate from the nursing homes. and. They really clamped down on all of them, and we had one yesterday in Colchester. Forty-five patients tested positive, and eleven yeah. staff members, in yeah. one nursing home, like overnight. And it's yeah. this, its so contagious. It's just like, yeah. uh, you know, it will go through a group of people so fast, and the elderly—it's
2: just. Yeah.
3: which we're creeping up to be them. <laughs> so. <laughs>
2: Thanks for the reminder.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're getting closer in a couple of months. so.
2: <laughs> so. Well, yeah, yeah. a couple of months will change another number. Yeah, sure. That's fine. <laughs> so,
3: anyway, things change daily. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So.
2: We'll be all right.
3: Yeah, we'll right. we will, but just don't want to see anyone else get hurt. I mean, no,
2: no, of course not.
3: Yeah, and the president, you know, it, that made it real, real, you know,
2: sure. Oh yeah, for <laughs> Him a lot and his of people. wife, sure it
3: sure. was like, holy crap! You got to be kidding me.
2: Yeah, I
3: mean, he's as protected as you can be.
2: Yeah. So you, know. so, you so you put the Eagles and the Niners on here for games to pick. I mean, was this yeah. one of those moves on your part? To I really get, Matt. I don't know. To get to get Matt's blood pressure to go through the roof. Well, I was thinking the, the same
3: thing. Have you been games. listening all week? Last week there were a lot of good games. <laughs> this week there's no good games. You know, there's no.
2: You picked the two best ones in college football, though.
3: Yeah, well, that was easy. They're ranked, you know.
2: So. Well, that, that was easy because there been there haven't been any good games. That's that's yeah. the biggest the biggest problem college football has had to this point. Uh. Now, Mississippi State-LSU was a really good game. And, was, and going in, you thought it had a chance to be a good game. You didn't really know what LSU still had, and Mike Leach is coaching Mississippi State, and Costello, you know, is an established quarterback and the whole deal. Okay, so that had some intrigue to it. Um, I watched a little bit of Texas and Texas Tech because I thought there'd be a lot of points, and I wasn't wrong. <laughs> but let's take Kansas State-Oklahoma. Who consciously, outside of being a massive... Oklahoma or Kansas State fan tunes into the beginning of that game. You don't tune into that game until it's 35-35. Florida State, Miami, there's no interest in that game. It's not 1997. Okay, the week before, Louisville and Miami. Are you kidding me? Outside of Louisville and Miami, and even there you've got question marks, who really, as a casual fan, wants to watch that game? This will be the first weekend with Alabama, Texas A&M, Georgia Auburn where the casual fans gonna sit there and say, Yep, that's a game I think I'd like to watch.
3: How do you feel it is, how it's going? I I still find I mean if I was a player I, I and I think Julian Edelman for the Patriots said it's really difficult not having fans in the stand. It, oh no, you know, he, and that's he's a that's a player a, yeah. who's driven by All the right. crowd, you know? And well,
2: I mean, do you know how many a times I've been,
3: game for him, you know?
2: I've been asked? I've done a lot of interviews in the last two weeks, and I've got more scheduled in the next two weeks. And, of course, everybody gets around when they interview me about calling games without fans. And my answer has been pretty standard. I said, Look, I said, when you do college basketball and you have to do those holiday tournaments like in Cancun or wherever right, it may be. there's
3: no fans, yeah.
2: There's no, there's no fans there. I said, so that that's not an issue for me. But it's going to be interesting to walk into a stadium. And, like, right. you know, I'll walk into a stadium to, to get ready, and I'll sit down, and there are no people in the stadium. But the right. difference is, is that I look up a half hour later, and there are tens of thousands of people in the stadium. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to look up and look around and say, okay, because it's not like I've never been in the stadium and I've watched Penn State scrimmage. I've done that a lot, where it's completely empty. But your expectation mentally as to what it is of a scrimmage as opposed to a game are completely different. You expect no fans for a scrimmage. I expect a full house for a game. So it'll be interesting. But, I mean, hey, look, the key is you figure it out and you get it done. And that is what we're going to do with our Pick'Em segment in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. patronage wow big time music brought to you by brewers outlet reagan street and sunbury the beverage supermarket all right so, you guys run the show here. Obviously, you got this Eagles-Niners game that's sitting here.
1: Yeah, we'll save that. We'll save that for last of the NFL.
2: Oh, my goodness, the bitterness. <laughs> the bitterness. Let's start hey, by with – by the, by the way, what does what uh, Steve Lamont do, by the way? What's his business?
3: International Turbines, the name of it. He does turbines. And Jeez. they go out to uh, France, uh, Venezuela, uh, it's good company. It's
2: good for him. Big
3: time stuff. Expensive expensive stuff and uh, he's given me a ton of work. Lots of parts. So
2: That that's great. I
3: like him a lot. He's a really good guy.
2: So he's here for I, quite I a while
3: a, today. So
2: Yeah, it was, I was, I thought he was a high good tech guy.
3: stuff. It's real expensive stuff and it's challenged me and I've faced a challenge. So
2: there you go.
1: Whatever. I like doing his work.
2: Well, here comes your next challenge. Go ahead, Matt. What game's up next? What's our challenge here?
1: All right, Jacksonville at Cincinnati, trying to still get its first win after the tie with the Eagles last oh, week. KJ, God. what do got?
2: Oh,
3: uh, I'm all over Burrows. This is his day. So I got Cincinnati. All right, Steve. Actually,
2: actually, the NFL just ruled that the, since the Bengals tied the uh, Eagles, is actually, it actually was a win for Cincinnati. <laughs> So the Bengals will make it two in a row.
1: I'm sticking with Jacksonville.
2: Yeah, yeah it's because you're bitter.
1: <laughs> Only because I, I like what they've done offensively so far, and, the, and defense has been all right. So I'll, I'll stick with Jacksonville here. So, all right, next one. Indy at Chicago. Steve.
2: Well, if Nick Foles is going to quarterback it, then I'm going to say it's uh, Chicago. If Trubisky gets anywhere near a ball, even in warming up, (laughs) I'll go with Chicago. (laughs) You like that one? (laughs) They
3: passed on what's his on uh, Mahomes, didn't
1: they? They did. Yeah. Of
2: course they they did. (laughs) It's so
3: funny. You can't make that up.
2: The the great talent evaluators.
3: Wasn't there another guy they passed on?
2: In that draft?
3: Yeah, it wasn't just Mahomes. It was someone else. Uh...
2: Yeah, I watched oh. him play in North Carolina the one year he started, and I thought, yeah, okay, he's a third-round pick. <laughs> like, okay.
3: Yeah, they, they traded the, oh, uh, whatever.
1: No, no, you I wonder why, why certain
2: teams stay bad. All right. <laughs>
1: All right, uh, King, who do you got? I got Indy. I'm going Indy as well. I think Chicago's due for a loss. I like Nick Foles. He should have been the starting quarterback from the get-go, but I think Chicago's due for a loss. So I'll take Indy. All right, next one, 425. Better game here. New England at Kansas City. King.
3: Ah, This is my try and catch up. Um, I'm going to go with the New England defense to shut them down. All right. New England.
1: Oh. Steve?
2: Oh, it's gonna be Kansas City. I mean uh it's I watched them Monday night, they look like a professional operation.
1: Yeah, I got Kansas City as well and the professional Brett Beaches. They just they, they put on a clinic against the Ravens, and I did not expect that. No, I, no, I, 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 I mean this team has a very good chance I, to win thirteen. I picked plus. Baltimore.
2: No, I picked Baltimore in that game, yeah. so.
1: Me too.
2: And I don't like Baltimore.
3: (laughs) Who did you take, Steve Indy, in Chicago?
2: I took Chicago. As long as as Trubisky's not brought out to even warm up, I'm going with Chicago.
1: (laughs) All right, here we go. The worst Sunday night football game ever. The 0-2-1 Eagles against Nick Mullins and the San Francisco 49ers. You name it, he's not playing in this game. Steve.
2: Wow, that that may be the single most bitter introduction I've ever heard of any game ever. San Francisco.
1: King? San Francisco. I got the Niners, too. Ah, oh, darn it. I do. I, I, I got I to see I, it I wanted
3: now. to bait you
2: so you you're, would take I mean, it's so interesting working with somebody consumed with hate.
3: No, this is what's
2: called Matt's in it to win it. I mean... Oh, yeah, no. I I think that Matt is, A, trying to win it, but I think he's so mad at them right now that he wants to disassociate himself.
1: Hey, I've picked against the Eagles before many times, and this is the first time I'm not picking them this year. But I just... I, I need to see it, and second of all, I know there's no Raheem Boster, too, and there's no Nick Mullins, but you know what? Even though it was against the Giants... The Eagles' defense stinks too right now. Nick Bollins played well last week, put up thirty-six. So I'm taking the Niners. The,
2: the Giants' defense couldn't defend a kneel down right now.
1: <laughs> I'd it's argue the so Eagles. are hard close to, to, to uh,
3: <laughs> I, I hate the Giants now because um, he got hurt. So.
1: Whatever.
2: Oh yeah, Saquon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, kind crazy.
2: Some, some college football.
1: And both sec this week 13 texas a&m at two alabama oh. king
3: the, oh. i'm all over alabama i think crowds are gonna go wild the top all down there so i got alabama this,
2: this is jimbo fisher's big moment matt it's his big moment oh all right And Alabama's going to beat them.
1: (laughs) You had me going there for a second. I was like, whoa.
2: Are you kidding me?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no. uh, Jimbo
2: Jimbo hasn't won a big game since the national championship.
1: True. It's been a while. As Phyllis, Paul Feinbaum's favorite fan, would say, roll Tad. (laughs) I go. There you go. And then the big one at 7:30 on ESPN, Auburn number 7 at Georgia number 4.
2: Steve. I am going to go with Auburn. Okay. Wow. I just this is just a gut feeling on my part. I watched Georgia play Arkansas last week now I know JT Daniels will play and it gives him a better shot at quarterback. It just seemed like Georgia was out of sync last week and Auburn seems like they're more in sync. And right now the way everything is with COVID and everybody's starting late, I think it's hard to gauge who's in sync and who isn't.
1: All right, King, what do you got?
3: I got Georgia, and I really don't have a reason why.
1: (laughs) I am going with Georgia as well. I I like the way their defense has been playing. I mean, obviously, they were really good last year, and they played Arkansas. I get it. But I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold on Auburn's offense just yet, either. So I, I'm going. I'm sticking with Georgia.
2: I mean, hey, Arkansas. I mean, they had a wide receiver call a fair catch last week on a pass. I mean, it's. Like, I'm sorry. They just that.
3: Not... He called a dead what?
2: No, I'm joking. I said he called a oh, fair God. catch on a pass. Wait, wow. <laughs> I mean, come on, Arkansas. Felipe Franks and even they moved the ball
1: (laughs) hey what were our records last week okay so last week you and i king were four and three steve was five and two wow Uh, and i
2: and i I blew the baltimore game
1: (laughs) well i blew the atlanta game the atlanta chicago game i'll never forgive atlanta and pick atlanta again
2: why? What do you, you? I just. We just had the play-by-play guy on last week, and he told you they were awful.
1: I know. I don't I mean, know why. We bring, I we we're bring on insider.
2: Game. We bring on insiders, and I you know. don't listen.
1: I know. That's what I get. <laughs> well, anyway, so with that, Steve, you and I are now twelve uh, tied at twelve and nine for first place. KJ, though, is ten and eleven. Under five hundred. Well, you're no. You're right there, though. It's still anybody's game. It's not. It's gonna be another oh, big know. week.
2: Yeah, that's what Jimbo Fisher's telling his team right now. Year. That's what Jimbo Fisher's telling his team right now at the Holiday Inn in uh, Tuscaloosa. <laughs> it's anybody's nice game.
1: Yeah, we're split on all but two games. We all have San Fran and we all have Bama. So, we'll see. There'll be some you movement again picked, this week. You
2: only you always pick San Francisco out of spite. I don't even know if that pick counts.
3: I'm going to root for Philly.
2: (laughs) I know I am, too. Hey, I hope (laughs) we're all wrong,
1: too. (laughs) Oh, no. Especially since we all picked them now, I won't feel as bad.
2: (laughs) I feel like I'm watching the movie Major League with Randy Quaid in the stands who changes at the end when they make the playoffs.
3: (laughs) I I just see the players quitting, you know? Like, saying, ah, like... Kind of like the Red Sox this year. They quit. They didn't oh, really play.
2: Oh, no, they quit. Oh. But see, my problem is I'm listening to the fan quit. I mean, where's your loyalty?